Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode Barry Bonds of Shoe Booty Sports. That would be episode 25. Coming 25. at you, yeah, coming at you a little earlier today on a Tuesday for multiple reasons. We'll get into that in a second. But first, first and foremost, show some love to our sponsor, Rhino Races. Visit rhinoraces.com. Rhino Races is a virtual running series that offers five different races. Uh, those races are a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon a marathon, and a unique challenge called the Rhino Ultra. Visit rhinoraces.com for details of those races and sign up. Uh, they're on the website. Sign up today. Run at your convenience, rhinoraces.com. Also, check out their gear, T-shirts, wristbands, decals, and more. Rhinoraces.com for details of that. Also, follow us on you can follow us on Twitter at Shoe Booty Sports. Uh, click subscri subscribe here to the YouTube channel. And also, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. So, yeah, coming at you a little earlier than normal on a Tuesday. Uh, Central Arkansas is getting beat up by severe weather. Uh, started last night and is going to continue for the next couple of nights. So, yeah, we're going to try to knock this out while we got a little, a little bit of sunlight. Not really sunlight, but no storm, so uh yeah how did it how did it how were the storms there did y'all even get any in northwest arkansas last night uh i think it rained yeah not that this is a sports topic but, but no genuinely curious yeah. we hadn't talked about uh it. no no okay. i don't i don't know if it did or not it probably did and i'd slip through it but well i would say well yeah there's a giant crack in my windshield and dents all over my car so um yeah and it sounded like a no one one piece of hate one chunk of hail was like a baseball it looked like a baseball in my front yard yeah the rest were pretty much like ping pong balls but you sure just wasn't a baseball in your front yard no it was definitely not a baseball <laughs> it was one big ice baseball so yeah we get to deal with it's not supposed to be as bad tonight but it's supposed to be that bad i think tomorrow night too so uh, looking forward to that. So hopefully I'll still be here next week for episode 26. Uh, we'll call that one probably episode Quentin Portis. Okay. Yeah. Might even start naming. We might even start naming the, the episodes that. Because <laughs> the, then they'll click on it and be like, oh, about Quentin Portis? Well, they didn't talk about Quentin Portis at all, except in the, except in the beginning. All right. Well, I'm rambling, so we tend to do that, but that's okay. All right. We'll jump into it. Uh, one of the top stories, Frank Vogel, uh, Lakers coach, officially out. Yeah, so the man wins a championship, and first two year, years right? later, yeah, and, <laughs> and two, his first year. I don't know that it was his first year. I don't think it was his first year. I think it was his second. I think but, like, okay. Yeah, two years, two years later, he's fired, and so the man probably least responsible for how the Lakers performed this season, uh, got the can. At least uh, one one of the least responsible. Uh, he, I mean, it's not like the guy forgot how to coach over these last two years. But you basically took a defensive coach or someone that wants your – a coach that wants his players to play defense, and you gave him the worst defensive team in the league, the worst defensive roster in the league. A bunch of stars from 2010 and uh, notoriously bad defenders such as Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, LeBron when it's not the playoffs, which they're not in the playoffs, so, yeah. and LeBron didn't play a third of the season anyway. So, And it's hard for Anthony Davis to defend when he's in street clothes. So Frank Vogel... You know, things go bad and fingers get pointed. And for whatever reason, Vogel got the finger pointed at him. So, yeah, Frank Vogel out. Pretty uh, pretty bad call, in, in my opinion. Uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's one of the people least responsible for that for that thing. But, you know, sometimes it's just quote the leader who 
who takes the blame for everything. So uh, the funniest thing I seen yesterday about it was uh, they're announcing, oh, they're, you know, they're expected to part ways with Vogel, this and that. And then there's a quote from Vogel going, I ain't heard shit. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious. I did hear something about that, that he, had, he hadn't even heard anything or wasn't told about it. I even saw something come out. I, I'm assuming it was a parody saying that uh, I think Barstool put it out. And I assumed that when I saw it. I was like, okay, it's surely a parody. Saying that the Lakers were giving him a five-year extension. <laughs> but I was like, even though it was a parody, I thought, you know what? I'd believe either story. I'd believe him getting fired or, or getting an extension. But, it, I mean, I'm sure Vogel is cool with it. He's going to get paid you know, on the way out. And he got a championship. There any names being tossed around for his replacement yet? Uh, Doc Rivers came up, but I don't know why you would. I mean, is anybody Philly. knocking down the door to take that job? Exactly. Uh, they've missed the playoffs, I think, five times in the last nine years or so. Some stat like that. Sweet. But yeah, I mean, got a championship and you know, twenty twenty. But yeah, it's it's been downhill since. Uh, they they've just they've obviously got a clean house and get just revamp the roster. Too many too many old folks, too many folks around our age, you know, on that roster. Yep. And that's not good. That's that's not, not good, good if you're not a good thing. No, it, it's not. But yeah, Lakers need a clean house and whether they will or not, we'll see. I don't think firing Vogel was the answer, so I would say that's probably not the best start. But then again, he might have won he might have wanted out anyway at this point. You know, he might I'm I'm done dealing with this and I'm sure he was he just looked frustrated. I mean, you you're going to when you know your team's constantly losing, what were they, like sixteen games under five hundred? And just just con constantly losing. And just and quitting a lot of the times, like when things get things would go bad, they would just quit. And that that's the most frustrating thing for me if I'm a fan. Uh, that that's what annoyed me so much about the Razorbacks in the SEC tournament when they lost to A and M at the end. You could tell they just gave up. You know, they just yeah. was like, "Come on, don't give up." You know, don't don't just quit like that. But that's been that's been at least the Lakers were consistent in that regard. So consistently, they were at least consistent. You got to give them that. So Lakers don't even make the play in. Oh, okay. Well, did you hear Westbrook's comment? We'll get to that in a sec. But did you hear Westbrook's comments about Vogel? I believe it no. was yesterday. No. Well, Westbrook and LeBron had a couple of interesting comments about it. Westbrook said he didn't understand what his what Vogel's problem was with him. I mean, you know, he didn't say anything just out of line or anything, but it just didn't make sense. Um, kind of, he just said he didn't understand his problem with him and didn't see his strengths as a player. And I would kind of start by saying, well, uh, Vogel's got a ring. He's the, he's the coach of a team that won a championship a couple of years ago. It's not necessarily his job. I mean, it is to an extent to say, okay, how can I utilize him? But it's the player's job also to say, all right, how am I going to fit in with this team? Westbrook should know I'm not the same guy that averaged a triple-double and was the league MVP in 2015 or 16 or whatever it was. Uh, or that, that player with the Thunder in 2012. You know, he, he's, he's got to be, he's, he's got to play to his strengths. He's got to know what he's good at, not go out and take bad threes and just uh, take, <laughs> yeah, or, or go up for a layup and throw it over the backboard, you know, or something, something like that, um, that he did in a warm up drill. I heard Stephen A talk about in a, in a clip today. I uh, watched him go up for a layup and layup drills and it went over the backboard. It's just over the backboard. But, I mean, Westbrook has never valued possessions. You know, I mean, just turnovers like crazy. And, and that's just always been something you deal with with Westbrook. Like, you're going to get some phenomenal plays, but you're also going to – and that's why he's gotten so much criticism his whole career. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. But 
he doesn't he doesn't value he values possessions about like Brett Favre valued possessions in the NFL. You know, like I'm just I'm gonna oh, this looks like a good idea, and and then just it can either go great or it can go very poorly. But but anyway, it just, it just the comments didn't make a lot of sense to me, and LeBron's really didn't make sense. Um, they asked him about. Uh, just the season, it being a failure, and LeBron said the season was not a failure. And the only thing I don't see why, I guess you want to be positive and not throw anybody under the bus to an extent, but at the same time, I don't think Kobe Bryant would have come out and said, uh, the season wasn't a failure uh, when you're 16 games under 500. Uh, I remember how Kobe was before they went and got Powell, before the, the in-between the Shaq and... Hal Gasol era and Lamar Odom and crew. Uh, I remember Kobe during that time. And, you know, he, he would fight with one shoulder or whatever, you know, he was, he battled through injuries during that time, you know, for an eight seed, for an eight seed in the playoffs. And they almost beat, the, I remember them almost beating the Suns or kind of having them against the ropes. Uh, whatever year that was had to be two, 2005, 2006, I believe it was 2006. But I mean, Kobe Bryant wouldn't have, wouldn't have said season wasn't a failure, uh, missing the playoffs when it's easier to make the playoffs now with the play in games, what 10 teams get in now. So Kobe Bryant's not going to sit there and say, uh, yeah, it wasn't a failure. The only, the only positive for the Lakers uh, or LeBron was passing, you know, Carl Malone on the scoring list. That's about the only positive thing you could say about that. But it just shows it's an example of where the Lakers are right now and what they've settled for as far as, you know, what's, what's success and what's failure. So that's the standard Lakers. Uh, you want to deal with that for, is that what you want to do for the next couple of years? Because uh, I, I imagine. I don't know how much longer LeBron's going to play. Two, three years, but yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't know that I want that if I'm a if I'm Genie Bus and crew. And I'm going to sip my coffee. So if we got some pauses in between, um, I'd say sorry, y'all, but it's a podcast, so just uh, kick back, relax, and have fun with us. So. And I even wrote on the topic list. I was like, why, why are we still talking about the Lakers? As I was typing out this topic list today, I was thinking it's just Lakers. And then I'm like, why, why are we still talking about them? But they're, the, they're kind of the most interesting news because it's just such a crap show. Yeah, it's like watching a dang soap opera. I mean, <laughs> I guess this is what, what you or, get if you like soap operas. I don't, I've never watched one. But yeah, or dumb they say that they're like just full of full of drama and dumb stuff. So a soap opera with a dumpster fire next to it. That's essentially that's essentially what we're seeing. But uh, the play-in games are about to start. I believe they start tomorrow night. I think one of them. I think they start tonight, man. I mean, possibly. I thought I saw it started started tomorrow but either uh, way no who knows no yeah right now brooklyn and cleveland are playing so okay like yeah, right now yeah actually i thought the nets were playing so so yeah. how does this even work i, I haven't even seen how Dude, this i was works. just do you want me to share the playoff bracket that they posted online it's a little weird yeah, let's see it. Okay. Well, is it like a is it like baseball does where it's like a single elimination game? Yeah, that would actually be kind of dope. I'd, I'd well, actually if, be if, pretty cool. If whatever, that. if whatever team wins. Okay, so this is what we're looking at here. Uh. Okay, so the winner goes in as a seven seed, and then the loser goes to another play-in. Well, the winner will go play the two seed, and then the loser. 
Okay. So you got to play. Okay. Yeah. The bottom two seeds play. Okay. So the highest seed. Play the loser. So, yeah. so basically, okay. So if like, let's say Brooklyn wins, they'll go, they'll play Boston. And basically everybody else is playing for the eight seed. Yeah. So, so basically the eight through 10 seeds are playing for that eight seed. Okay. I see. I, I, it's a little different, but yeah. I okay. I'm... I get it. Um, how does it work though? What does it say there at the bottom? Like, like, is it single elimination? Like, I don't, I don't even know. All right, let's see this. Um, is that until the seventh and eighth playoff? Okay, so it's like learn more about play in here. Uh, I don't know that we necessarily want to go through all that. No. Nah. Yeah, I mean, if it's like a single elimination game for these play ins, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, that would make for some interesting basketball. I mean, it's like, I mean, win or, or we're done. So that yeah. Cleveland-Brooklyn game seems interesting. <laughs> it looks like an interesting one. Uh, just looking at the rest of them, I mean, the Spurs aren't the Spurs of old, but, you know, you know they're going to play tough, be solid. But now the Clippers-Timberwolves game, that's interesting to me. Yeah. On the west side. You got Pat Beverly. Uh, with Minnesota now taking on his his old crew, that Minnesota team plays hard. I've seen uh, I've seen them a couple of times. Um, they don't take they don't take a lot of plays off. They would destroy the Lakers if they played the Lakers. <laughs> uh, they they would. I mean, if, if that were like the T Wolves and Lakers, I mean, with it being one game, I, I mean, the Lakers would show up. You know, to an extent, but. They wouldn't out, they wouldn't out hustle or outplay Minnesota. Of course, Pat I mean Patrick Beverly's become a multimillionaire based on that based on that style of play and just being a pit bull out there. Okay, well if this is single elimination stuff to get into the top eight, I dig it. Like I'm I'm okay with it. And it's just more playoff basketball. That's the thing. More playoff basketball is fun. Uh it's more fun than more regular season basketball. As much as I like like basketball and, and even the regular season, you know, when it's a get when it's a big game, playoff basketball hits different, obviously. So yeah, I as far as uh I kind of wrote down on here how much will uh, you know these games matter as far as teams getting in and then making noise. I I guess we'll find out. But it's, I mean, you're basically just playing for a chance to take on the one or two seeds, which is going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I mean, if the Nets come out and can be healthy and if Ben Simmons can find a way to play. Now, I mean, he is legit injured, but if he can, if he can be healthy enough to play and come in and just not try to score, like don't even try to score, just distribute and defend and rebound. You do that, and I mean, you put you put Ben Simmons on your the other team's best score. I mean, that's a tough matchup for that score. I mean, say what you want about Ben Simmons, but he's what's his injury? He's got a leg issue. Like I don't remember what it is exactly, but I mean, it's it's something with his leg, not like an ACL or anything, but something along those lines. But it, it has legitimately kept him out. Because I, I thought he was a healthy scratch for the longest time. And I'm like, why is he not playing? You know, just you just hear mental health over over and over again. So yeah, that's kind of the narrative being played that whole time. So it was early, but then you he, it came out he had a legitimate like leg injury. But if he could find a way to play, I mean, it, it the Nets match up with whoever they go up against the Celtics or uh, yeah. Miami. Yeah, I was gonna say Bulls, but I mean, I guess they dropped off. Where did they end up on that six seed? Wow, they really. Now, I, I that sounds worse than it really is, because the top six were so. I mean, they were within like two and a half games back of each other, like those top six seeds, like because Cleveland would always shift around from like three to 
six and obviously the Bulls now, but yeah. Boston too. Boston ended up jumping all the way to all the way to two. What like what's Milwaukee? Uh same record as Boston, fifty one thirty one. But they're the three seed. Three seed, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> uh pull up the bracket again. Let's let's, okay. let's make some let's make some early picks. Since since we just been hot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we uh, we nailed it in the women's tournament. Like absolutely nailed it. I don't know about nailing it, but yeah. Uh I did. I nailed it. I didn't pick UConn. That's the only final four seed I missed. But yeah. I picked it though. I went for the upset. But I definitely was like, yeah, South Carolina's winning it all, and they did very easy. So I'm counting that. All right. So here we go. I like Memphis. I don't see them. I don't think they're there yet. I'm going to say Phoenix comes out of the West again. Phoenix reminds me, and Reggie Miller said this, and I thought the exact same thing. Like when he said it, I was like, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly spot on. Uh, the Spurs team that Miami beat from with the Ray Allen three, you know, in the finals, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it was 2013. Yeah, the, that team that came back the following year, just hungry as ever, and then just stomped Miami in the finals, or beat, them, beat them in five. Uh, I mean, just whipped them. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. dominated them, those games that they won. Uh, this Suns team kind of reminds me of them. Like, they got there and, you know, got beat, maybe felt like they should have won. You would have thought after the first two games of the finals last year that the Suns were the better team, and then yep. it was just all bucks after that. But the Suns team feels like that team. Chris Paul is so hungry for a championship. Actually, I want him. Yeah, I want to get him, or I want him to get him one for sure. Yeah, I mean, Chris but. Paul is he's kind of like he's kind of like Dirk was in two thousand uh, two thousand what eleven? Yeah, uh, when they when they beat the Heat uh, in that finals, LeBron's first year in Miami. Yeah, he he's just determined to to get a ring before it's all said and done. Uh, it could be their year. Could be their year, man. So I'm going to pick Phoenix to come out of the West. I still think Milwaukee is the best team in the East. I could see a team like I could see Miami coming out of it, though. I could even see if Philly's hitting on all cylinders, I could see them doing it. I don't I don't think they will, though. I, I could see Miami or Milwaukee coming out of the East, but, but matched up against each other, and if it's uh, – Everybody's healthy. I like Milwaukee. So I like a Milwaukee Phoenix uh, rematch. Yeah, I could see that. See that. So who are your second back? Who are your backup picks? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not ready to make a finals pick, but I do like the I do like a rematch between Milwaukee and Phoenix. I like Miami as the other team that could come out. So you think Memphis or Golden State? I don't. Uh, I don't think Golden State can do it. They're just too beat up. No. Um, Jordan Poole is a rising star. The next rising star there in Gold, you know, in San Francisco. But dude, that's the thing about the Warriors, man. They draft so well. I mean, let, just who's the who's the 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 only key like real free agent? I mean, that's not true. They like you know. I guess they. I don't know if they signed or traded for Iguodala back, you know, back when they had their run. But yeah, Kevin Durant's the only real big time star they signed via free agency. Everything else they built in the draft. <laughs> they they drafted Steph, they drafted Draymond, they drafted Clay, they drafted Jordan Poole. I mean that that front office knows what they're doing. They know their hoops, man. Uh, and Jerry West was up there for a while, but I mean, they're not, they haven't really missed a beat. Uh, I mean, I guess they have a little bit just because they're not as dominant as they were, but that team, but they're just getting older. They're getting older and, uh, Clay can't stay healthy and 
you know, Steph's hurt too. I really, uh, but as far as, so I like Miami, I guess as my backup pick in the East In the West, man, I really like Memphis. I like Denver too. Uh, that now that Denver golden state matchup is going to be interesting, but basically it's like, who do you, who do you like more? The warriors, the warriors or the Grizzlies. I like the Grizzlies right now better just because of how well they've been without John Morant. Yeah. So <clears throat> and now he's back. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like Memphis as my backup pick the most, the most interesting matchups on here, just looking at it. Uh, Golden State and Denver is one to really watch. That's going to be an interesting series. Uh, Toronto-Philly could be interesting. Toronto always plays hard. I mean, they're so well coached. You know, Philly wants that revenge on them, though. <laughs> just from the shot. Yeah, it's different though. You know, Kawhi's not there anymore. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's but... not the same, but and it's just a different team. You know, it's a uh, Embiid's still there. You know, I'm sure Embiid looks for any reason to, you know, to get motivated. So I could see him being like that. But that's still that that's one to watch too. But oh man, on that side. Yeah, I guess that would I guess that would have to be the most interesting matchup on the east side, Philly Toronto. But it's not near as intriguing as Golden State and Denver to me. I think Denver could with the with the Joker. I mean, they could live who might be the league MVP again this year. I mean I mean he may have take he may have gotten it uh with the way he's played as of late again. I think this will be his second second league MVP if he gets it. Second in a row, too. So mm -hmm. that's the most interesting matchup to me, uh, Golden State and Denver. So what what on there? What on there pops out to you? Looking at it, the playing games are fun just because it's a if it's a one and done thing. I mean that that's fun, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I mean, I would watch the uh, Toronto Philly matchup. And yeah, I'd definitely be interested in watching Golden State and Denver. And of course, I'm probably going to try and watch whoever Memphis ends up playing. So I think it'll, I mean, you never know. I think it'll be the, the T Wolves, though. But that, that could be, that could be fun to watch uh, or will be. I mean, just playoff basketball is fun to watch in general. Yeah. But yeah, the Warriors Nuggets series looks interesting I, I still think phoenix is the best team you know coming out of that conference though and and i and i know yeah i still like milwaukee that's the thing they're the three c but they're only two games back from what miami was so so chicago fully healthy i don't know i don't i haven't watched them enough i don't know derozan yeah. status or Levine and crew. I mean, they're a good team. I mean, they could. Yeah. I mean that that's a that's a unique matchup, too. But but I think Milwaukee's the better team, and yeah. So, but the, okay. But here's the thing: I, I watched a regular season game with the Bulls playing the Nets, and which I mean, there's not much difference there. I mean, just two games back there. That's yeah. the thing. The East is so there's so much parity in the East. You know, it's much more interesting on that side, which you never say, you know, in years past. But yeah, I, I watched those two play in the regular season, and Chicago jumped out to a big lead early, and then by I think the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, Brooklyn was up twenty, twenty or thirty on them. So if, if Brooklyn's hitting on all cylinders and everybody can play, uh, Kyrie and KD and like I said, if Ben Simmons can come in and can, Simmons won't play in these play-in games, but if they get to, if they get to you know the round of eight, it's possible. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what he can do to get in there. You know, not don't play him to mess if he messes up the chemistry at all, but. 
like I said, if he can just go in and distribute, facilitate, and defend and rebound, what what else do you need from him? You got two guys out there that can score. I mean, you you got the best scorer in the game and Kyrie Irving, who's who can create a shot as well as anybody in the league or has seen in recent memory. So you you don't need to score. You just go out there, just go out there and distribute and like I said, defend and, and rebound and you do your part. Shouldn't be much shouldn't be any pressure for him. So all right, well that's who I like coming out. Or that that's what I like early, you know, here in the playoffs. But have you have you heard anything from jumping to Razorback basketball now? Uh, about Muss uh, ta- basically taking advantage of the transfer transfer wow <clears throat> transfer portal like he's done ever since he's As gotten to Arkansas, yeah. and I'm sure him. did, and I'm sure did it uh, Nevada too. That's where he came from, right? Nevada, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I believe it was Nevada he came from, but I, I, he did the same thing there. I mean, the the guy is just a master at doing that, just grabbing uh, key players just from the transfer portal. You know, Arkansas basketball, number two, number two recruiting class in the country out of high school, and the number one class, they're doing this now, just I guess with the transfer portal, but the number one recruiting class from the transfer portal. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but as far as getting transfers, Arkansas is ranked number one above everybody else. So you combine that with the number two recruiting class in the country, you're going to have a team. It sounds like you don't have to be you don't have to be too bright to figure that one out. So I don't know anything about these twins that they signed. Uh, I know one's one of them is rated really high. Uh, we signed some twins. Yeah, a couple twin forwards. Um, I can't remember their names, but yeah, this was shortly after, like all everyone basically declared for the draft. Like I think, like a couple of days after Tony declared. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you saw this, and I was like, okay, well, Muss is on it. Like, he, like you knew he would be. It's gonna be far. It'd be hard to find anybody that work, works harder than that man at building a team. Do he want? He yeah. is. He is hungry. He said he was going to work, and he, dang it, he meant it. <laughs> no, he's not playing, and they're getting better every year. I did not think this team this year would be as good as they were last year, and they weren't as talented. No. But but they still Elite Eight and had a massive win streak, and, they, and they're only going to get better. It's, I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of hype around next year's class, and they're going to continue to get more just with the success. I mean, success attracts players. I mean, look at Alabama football. Look at Duke basketball. There's a reason they keep having consistently the top recruiting classes. But they had to start somewhere. And Nolan built it in the 90s, but just couldn't just couldn't sustain it. Uh, just, you know, over a long period of time. Uh, they're always, they were competitive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they... After 95, they never got back to the Sweet 16 uh, and, until until Musselman. That's the thing. After 95, the Razorbacks never got back to the Sweet 16, even for the rest of Nolan's tenure. Uh, and whoever was coaching after that, what, Stan Heath, Belfry, and then Mike Anderson. Yep. But... We got our guy now, so and and, and Mus in year three has gone to two of them in a row, and around further than that, further than that. So pretty cool to watch that and just you know see the Razorbacks Razorbacks headed in the right direction. Um, jumping to the next topic, uh, baseball is underway. I took a look at the standings and just a bunch of like two and ones and. <laughs> Uh, one and twos and one and you stay on top two, of them two and right twos. Now, yeah. yeah first time i looked at it i did see the cubs and cardinals are at the top of the 
top of the central two and one I, ha- I haven't checked to see how albert's doing or how he's how he's done but i haven't heard anything yeah so when are we going to talk about baseball i guess when something something big happens man probably when it gets like full swing into summer probably somewhere around the nba playoffs <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there won't be anything else to talk about after yeah, the NBA whenever there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, yeah, then we'll talk, talk about, about some, yeah, some baseball. Then we'll jump into it. I yeah. like, like I told you before, I, I, this guy told me to check out his podcast, um, and I did, and he spent like the first like five minutes talking about nothing but uh, the Yankees pitcher that or the Yankees signing a pitcher, and I just instantly just t- tuned out. I was like, I. Just, can't stay focused on this like what is, what, is this what we're leading with like, like i said and i like baseball like i'm a baseball uh, fan but i don't want to sit there and you know watch it 24 7 and when it's october i'll get intrigued or the playoffs or whatever if the cardinals are playing i'll pay closer attention but I'm, i definitely don't want to listen to you talk about uh a yankee signing another pitcher Go Yankees. Yeah. yeah, nobody wants to hear about that. No. Except for people in New York. And- yeah, except for Yankees. Except for Yankees fans in New York. All <laughs> right, so there's our coverage of uh, Major League Baseball. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk about – we'll talk about college baseball before we, before oh, we get to sure. Major League Baseball. For sure. Uh, I did see <clears> – <throat> Uh, Arkansas dropped to number seven in the rankings, which, I mean, they don't really matter in college, you know. But no. dropping a two-to-one series to Florida over the weekend will do that. Um, uh, have you seen Tennessee's record? I don't want to give Tennessee too much love on here, but. Oh, yeah, they're undefeated, right? And no, they've lost play. a game. They've well, lost a game. In conference play? I don't know. They've only lost one game all year. Well, no, yeah, I think they're 12-0 and in conference play. Like probably, I mean, they're 31 and one, which is pretty filthy. I think they're the ones that have the pitcher that throws like 103. Oh yeah. I think he had 104. That's yeah. scary. That's so <laughs> fast. <laughs> so freaking fast. Oh my God, man. Yeah. He's their closer, right? I believe as he should be. Yeah. God, I would hope you wouldn't have to face that in the first inning. No, well, you can't Man. throw you can't throw that hard consistently. I, I mean, it, for like six innings, you can't throw no. that hard for six innings. No, but you know, get you, that's their Chapman, I guess. Yeah, that's their oldest Chapman. So I wonder if he's still with the Yankees. I mean, he's somewhere. He's somewhere throwing heaters. Anyway, so there was a big golf tournament uh, last week, Masters. I watched a little bit of it. Um, when really? I, yeah, when I got into, yeah, when I got into Northwest Arkansas Friday, of course they they asked me like Ben Ben asked me like, hey, what do you want to eat? Like I left the uh, Hog Eye Marathon Expo, and he's like, hey, what do you want to eat? Because you know, obviously, I got to chow down the night before, and he he suggested Village Inn. And I was like, eh, I don't think uh, breakfast food would be the best option the night before running 26.2. So, uh, let's make extra gas in that tank. Yeah, let, exactly. Like, yeah. let's, uh, <laughs> now let's go for some like carbs and some kind of protein. So we ended up at an Italian place in Rogers, I believe. Is it Napoli's? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he said Napoli's. He kept saying Napoli's. Yeah, of course he would. Was, was it like, the Nas? <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not how you say it. Like, I almost asked the waiter. No, it was very good. It was very it was good. good. I was like, I've not. Somebody was talking about that place last week. And, yeah, I really want to really wanna go try it out. No, it was. It was very good. Um, but, yes, they had, anyway, they had the Masters on in the background. Or, like, at the bar. You know, they had it on the TV above. So, I was just sitting there just watching it. Uh, as we waited for the food and whatnot, and I watched it some as I was eating. But yeah, I would, I of course, paid attention to Tiger. 
I mean, he was in contention up until like the last day, wasn't he? Uh, Saturday, he kind of took himself out. Of course, it was, of course was playing really tough on Saturday. Not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of players put up, put up the good scores that they thought it would. Of course, all the, all the golfers knew it was going to be, going to be a tough, tough outing. I mean, they knew the holes were going to be cut tough and in some tough locations and yeah, just with the weather that was there too. One, one of the most ideal conditions for a major tournament, we'll say. Well, yeah, I I had a busy weekend. I didn't tell you all about it. But uh, oh, Margie and Ben went skydiving Saturday uh, evening. So uh, X and A. Yeah, they do that at the airport there. It was pretty dope, actually. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was like. Like, okay, I'm gonna do that like next time I'm up here. Like it looked pretty it looked fun for real. But anyway, like Sunday, I'm I'm they go to their 5k and 10k Sunday and I go with them and then um you know, then afterwards that afternoon we're all just kind of chilling, you know, and I had I had the end of the masters on. and um, it wasn't at the very end of it yet so i just couldn't really get into it but uh, is it scheffler what's the guy's first name that won it scotty scheffler scotty scheffler just sounds like a golf name yeah sounds like a guy that wears golf clothes (laughs) (laughs) any guy yeah any guy named scotty is sounds like a golfer just scheffler just a course yeah just scotty scheffler scotty cameron's a major name in the putting community scotty yeah. scheffler for birdie yeah. just the name of scotty Love. i mean i guess I, he just sounds like a name that jim nance would say <laughs> you know what i'm saying it just sounds like a name that jim nance would say on a sunday yeah. but i heard he was like super stressed out like going into going into sunday because he had like a really big lead didn't he you're gonna have to give me some he, recap. He went on this. into the he went in, I think, with a five five stroke lead, I think, for Sunday. So yeah, there's some nervousness if you hold a a big lead like that in a, in any major event on the last day. Um, Cameron Smith came gunning for him. He got off to a hot start, birdied. I think it's either a one or two, but the major turning point was on hole three like it wasn't even that far into the final final round uh they both miss hit their approach shots uh just short in the just short left of the green and they chipped up and freaking scotty made a shot of a lifetime you know skipped it into the bank hit up checked up enough and just rolled right in and i think cameron his his go at it, I think he ended up 10 feet from it and missed his putt. I mean, that's a three-stroke swing on one freaking hole, and it was big time. I mean, Scotty got to four putt on the last hole to win. You don't get to do that. He could have six putted. <laughs> he could have did whatever he wanted. But, yeah, you don't get to four putt on the last hole. That's what, yeah, that's what I had heard. Yeah, that, that is he, that ridiculous. He did that. But I think the bigger story of the day, I mean, yes, hats off to Scotty. Uh, he's killing it right now, but if a thing to watch that you could have got excited about, which they should have been covering the group more, was uh, Colin uh, Morikawa and uh, Rory. I mean, they were they were killing, it. especially Rory. He tied the course record uh, for low round, um, and they had I, th- I think it was hole twelve, maybe they had they both scored eagle, which I didn't know this. Uh, a pair of eagles on one hole is called a jubilee random facts um and then they closed out 18 by both chipping it in from the freaking bunker for birdie who does that especially roy it was like 15 to 20 feet break it was ridiculous didn't the crowd like erupt when he did that oh yeah they yeah both of them they erupted yeah. when both of them did and the coolest thing was is that each one of them was celebrating the other one shot i mean that's one of the things about golf it's not really you it is you versus the other person, but it's really you versus the course. I mean, you're not rooting against the guy you're playing against. You're not rooting for him to mess up. I mean, well, most people wouldn't. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would, but 
No, I know, I know what you mean. Is like run, run, running is like that too, to an extent, because you're only so talented. You know, I mean, like some some are way talented than the others, and you're just when you hear about somebody doing something spectacular, like Boston qualifying or something like that, or setting some kind of course course record or something, it's uh you you cheer for that. You know, it's something you want to see. Like I, I'm not going to beat them. Like I'm not going to root against them. So I mean, that's that's cool to see. And I, but I know what you're. It's it's basically you versus you to an extent when you're doing that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You're you're basically racing the clock. You're not necessarily going up against somebody else. Now, now I have been in all out sprints against people. You know, at the very end. So, it, but it, that doesn't get competitive really until the very end. You know, when it's like, okay, same fitness level, same type of ability. All right, here we are. Let's uh, see who's better. Like, it's yeah. fun at that point. Like, let, let's see what happens. But, yeah, now that that is pretty cool, though. I heard Rory, like, came roaring back, no oh, pun intended, he, on the final dude, day. I'm pretty sure he started in the in the red, man, or in the black on, or whatever they say. He was positive. He was in, he was in the NWO. He was plus Wolfpack. one, dude. He was plus. I'm pretty sure he was even or plus one to start the day, and he shot seven or eight under. I mean. Was he wearing his NWO Wolfpack shirt? Yes. And he, he was. He, throwing, he was. Woo. Yeah. Too sweet. Yeah. Was Ooh. that what they did? I can't remember. Yeah. Too sweet. <laughs> yeah. That. Without see, the like, did, pitch in the voice. What did Roy? He started. Oh shit! I didn't want to play a video. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just I had heard he came roaring back. So. Yeah, he shot. Yeah, he shot minus eight on his final round. Okay. He was. He started the day at plus (laughs) one, dude. He tore it up. Uh, how good is the Scheffler guy? How good can he be? um he can be as good as he wants to be um he's, what does that mean like all-time great or uh, next I don't, big star I mean, it's, it's he he could be the next big star for sure i mean, is it too I early? mean he's he's really well on his way i mean already this year he's made over 10 million dollars he's made more this year than people i think than john rom did all of last season well, doesn't he have like four wins or something this yeah, year? Yeah, he already had. Yeah, he has four wins. He's played in what five events, five or six events this year. It's his first major, though, right? Um, I would think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, he can be as good as he wants to be. It it's just too early to tell right now. I mean, if he can keep it up, I mean, he's not. I mean, I wouldn't go out go out and say he's gonna be the next tiger woods or anything but to be like the next rory or uh justin thomas or you know those guys that are big names um and they've won here and there he can definitely be that i mean i think you're gonna start seeing him uh seeing him on some uh commercials over the next i don't know year or so you're definitely gonna start see anymore he's gonna be a household name for sure who was so. the british guy from several several years ago the like a uh, heavy set british guy that you know won some tournaments and lowry scott lowry i don't know i just liked him because after the interview they're like what are you gonna you know how are you gonna celebrate he's like i'm gonna go home and get hammered <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure that's lowry yeah get hammered. Yeah, he's, yeah yeah and john daly taught him how to say arby's um yeah, he was hanging with John Daly. He's like Arby's, and like you know, Daly's like, no, it's Arby's. And then, and then the guy just like really, he goes Arby's. <laughs> yeah, and John oh, Daly, yeah, now man. you're getting it. Now you're getting it. So I'm a fan of that guy. Yeah, he's good. Like, he uh, like that's he, my kind of golfer. He had a pretty good. He had a pretty good finish. He had a top ten finish. Well, I was he just a fan. Top five finish. Yeah, I was a fan at going when he was like just gonna go hang with my friend and get hammered. Like I was, I was a fan from that point on. I was like, okay, I'm sold. Like, I like that uh, guy. All right, so that that's the extent of that's how I find uh, people that I follow in golf, stuff like that. 
and if you're just tiger you know you're just unbelievable you know just a one in a gajillion talent mm-hmm. one, one of a kind but God, all right I really so. he, the i'm really excited because he said he's trying to get to uh uh he he may try and play in the pga championship which that's the event i have tickets to next month who uh, tiger yeah He's, he's concentrating. He's, he's yeah. He's concentrating on the open, but he said, you know, it's still in the cards. I'm not expecting it, but if he did and just so happened to make it to Saturday, I would lose my shit like a little kid. Um, but yeah, there's always hope. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. So here's the here's how much I know about golf. When we say the open, are we talking U.S. or British? British. Okay. What do they call the they don't the call US it the open. open. Okay. No. So British gets the the open where they yes. hear first or something. I mean it's it's over there. That's where it originated. <laughs> so. Well, I'm saying like why do they why do they get the title the open? Like as opposed to the US open couldn't say the open. I think the US open changes venue i don't know now you're gonna have me talking out of my butt i'm guessing uh, just the british one came first that would be my assumption yes but anyway I, I know the four majors you know masters pga championships british u.s open i mean i'm, I'm not completely um mm-hmm. just dumb to golf but yeah when you say the open i'm like okay which one Anyway, it's basically irrelevant. Yeah. Well, but... the the okay. So, I believe the British Open uh, is it might stay at the same site, or maybe it switches to. I think they both switch. Yep. Talking down my butt. Yep. Never mind. Don't mind me. Don't pay me any attention. You talk pretty Trying well to... for somebody talking out of their butt. <laughs> pretty clear man i'm i know how to enunciate yeah different noises when i talk out of mine <laughs> but that's for another podcast all right so in other news the uh talking about marathons a little bit the 126 boston marathon is monday uh there it says it's limited to only thirty thousand runners this year but i don't i think that's typically what they usually have anyway because it, it's the it's the holy grail of all marathon racing, so that'll be fun to keep an eye on if you're into that kind of thing like myself. Uh, to give you an idea of how hard it is to get into the Boston Marathon, though, everybody thinks you can just, like, sign up for it, you know? Like it's your I local marathon. That's just because I've talked to you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you basically, they're two ways you can get in you can either qualify which i'll tell you how easy that is to do uh for my age group the like 35 to 39 range you have to run a sub three hour and five minute marathon and even that doesn't guarantee you a spot they say you should come in about 10 minutes ahead of that and to give you an idea of how easy that is my marathon time uh, Saturday was four hours, 57 minutes and 48 seconds. Exactly. The, the, that's the face. So there's that way be best in the world at it, you know, top 1% or you can raise at least it was, it used to be raise at least $10,000 for a charity. And then you'll get a bib like through one of their selective charities, but that's even going up. Like, I mean, this, it's a sport that's climbing as far as popularity. So, especially since they came out with the, the world marathon majors, but, uh, a lot of the charities are now asking for like a minimum of $20,000 to get a, to get a bib. So chances are I'll never be running Boston, but shout out to those that do, uh, much respect, but yeah, you have, sure you can go run Boston. You just won't get credit for it. No, you definitely won't get well, and you won't be able to do it while they're doing it. That is a heavily guarded area, especially since the Boston bombings of more than several years ago at this point. 
um, by those, you know, pieces of scum that did that. But yeah, so that's how hard it is to get into that. So it's a big freaking deal. It's the Holy grail of marathon racing. It's the 126th, I believe it is. So, um, uh, it's going to be cool to keep an eye on. Like I said, even if you're not into that sort of thing, it's cool to see. And it's a big deal to win Boston. So, uh, very cool. Uh, my kind of, I, I put down here, it just made me think of like random sports, you know, that I like that some people wouldn't expect that I like. Um, I'll kind of give you, I'll kind of give you an example. Like when I was reporting the second ever event I had to go cover was a volleyball, was a volleyball game. And I had, I didn't know anything about volleyball, like actual volleyball, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I knew the concept. Okay. You hit it over the net, you know, and tr- don't let them hit it back or, you know, make it land on their side. Uh, I like, had to learn all the rules and stuff. And then I went and watched it and I was like courtside and everything. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty intense. Like, and then I got to where I like ended up enjoying like watching it. So like volleyball and like softball is another kind of random one. I ended up liking, like I'll sit and like watch a softball game, like on TV or something. Mm. I'm almost more intrigued by that than a, a major league baseball game. I think I'm just fascinated by it. How you yeah, can throw that we, bar. Yeah. We and, understand like, how to throw that pitch overhand. We have no clue how to throw that pitch underhand. And it's better. And, and I used to wonder why, or I wondered, I was like, how can this girl, this, like they, most teams have like one pitcher. Like that, like it, especially in high school, like they'll have, they just have one pitcher and they pitch like all day. Like they'll go to a tournament and pitch every game pretty much. And I'm like, how are they not sore? And the coach explained to me, it's like, this is a, it's a more natural, it's a, it's a much more natural throwing or motion, throwing motion for the arm. Like it's much easier on the arm. It's much harder, you know, to, on your arm to be throwing over overhand. And just the way he explained it and like the way your rotator cuff moves and all that. And I was like, okay, I get it now because they were never sore. Like they, they could pitch all day and be fine. So I thought that was just interesting. You have it. Do you have a rando one like that pops into your head that you're like, man, I like this sport. Like, and I didn't know that I would or that others would be surprised. Like we know that you like golf, but a lot of people like golf. Uh, you into curling uh, at the Winter Olympics? Guys, say curling maybe, but <laughs> ping pong. I do love watching really good ping pong players because it it blows my freaking mind how they can do that. Yeah, that is pretty cool too. Just some of the, the the finesse and then the power and it's also happening so freaking fast and the way and, they move around like a spot like a spider monkey basically yeah and the spin and every, all the crap that they can do I really like to watch that and just the serving where they're almost like looking at eye level at the table <laughs> I mean, it's so weird and but they have to hold the ball and stare at it yeah or just uh yeah I, that is an interesting one too. Uh, that reminds me of the video, the guy, I think I sent it to you, the guy that he's going back and forth with this dude and he wins the, he wins the point and he just, he just celebrates for like a solid 90 seconds of just nothing but (laughs) celebrating and dancing and just like, uh, he's like, while he's dancing, he's like, how does it feel to lose? And, um, yeah, and then he just goes there and it's like, yeah, like in the guy's face. And then he walks back to the table and the camera zooms over to the score and it was like 10 to 1. Yeah, I remember, guy, yeah. The guy was winning. That was one of the best videos I've ever watched. <laughs> but it made me think of that, you saying ping pong. Okay, so it is 7.09 Central Time here, uh, Tuesday, April 12th, and it's... Still, it's daylight out still, but nothing is happening yet. But I know they're coming, so uh, we are they're going coming. to yeah, we are going to Storm sign there. out. Uh, it's coming, man, dude. It was intense last night, man. I don't, yeah, I know, um, man. I'm just glad there wasn't anything like that up here. 
Yeah, well, it's not supposed to be as bad tonight, but it's supposed to be pretty bad tomorrow night. More similar, closer to what was last night than what will come tonight. So I get to look forward to that for these next couple of evenings. So I'm going to go ahead and sign out here. Or we're going to go ahead and sign out so I can go ahead and get this uh, audio saved in case I decide to lose power or something. So uh, we're going to get this uploaded hopefully tonight and get it live for all you beautiful, fine people to listen to. But until then, we'll be back uh, next week with episode Clinton Portis. And we'll see what's happened with the NBA playoffs, et cetera. So, all right, till next time, Grand Pal. Brother Brown. Yeah. Too sweet. <laughs> oh, I got to do better than that next time. Yeah. He, that's if there is a next time. Yeah. For life. That's easier to say. For life. Yeah. <laughs>